Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to Jerusalem U's The Israel Teachers Lounge. I think that's our name. I lose track. I'm your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How's it going, Alan? All right, Michael. Here we try to keep you in touch with what's going on in Israel and give you some insight behind the headlines. This week we are joined by producer Matt Lippman. How's it going, Matt? Good afternoon. Always a pleasure to be here with you guys. We are speaking here to you from a, uh, what is it? The Conditoire, I don't know what it is. It's a Conditoria. My Brooklyn mouth can't say it. It's a French... French bakery, patisserie, coffee shop type thing. Oh, patisserie. He has to throw in the French. That's because he's British. British. <laughs> he's European. Well, it's a busy week. Oh, my, is it. But it's, I'm not feeling as overwhelmed as I was last week. I feel like we've got past the uh, hump. But last yeah. week it was predictions, and this week it's reflections, I think, is the big difference. There. I think so. So I, I, will, I will start the discussion by pointing out that I have been getting contacted by students, some in Israel, actually, but some already in university. Uh, I'm getting the following feedback from my family, from friends, from people on campus. Uh, they are asking me how I, as uh, you know, how could I support Israel when it's when the Israeli army is killing civilians at the Gaza border. Uh, uh, what, what do you guys think? What should we be telling our students who are? I think it's fair to say that the framing in the media in the West is, you know, as the embassy was opening and everybody's having this like nice country club environment of the party of the American embassy opening, Israeli soldiers were mowing down dozens of Palestinian civilians. That's the image that people got in the West. Do you agree? Uh, yeah. Peaceful Palestinian protesters. The languages of Palestinian protesters. I don't even know if it always had the word peaceful. No, it didn't, but protesters gives you that. The word protester seems to indicate civil disobedience. Protest yeah. as opposed to riot. Yeah. Protest has a more benign kind of feel to it. The word riot already suggests that people are coming looking for a fight, coming armed. There's a big difference between those two words, I think. So you want to start with... I, I, there's a few things I want to get to. What actually is going on so that people have a sense of perspective about what's actually going on? And then there's the issue of how do you process it as a person who loves Israel? I don't even know if we need to get into how do you explain this to people. I, I, I personally am of the opinion that if you don't know this story and you turn on the news and you see that split screen of people in their nice fancy suits and dresses laughing and giggling and right and you, you know that the, and the, the champagne red hats with the suits that got me yeah. actually after we uh, like out I, later that day I was driving on Emigre Fame and I saw one of those guys who was on the TV with his suit and red hat like walking down Emigre Fame the ceremonial I, red hat from yeah. the opening and ceremony and I just had a giggle <laughs> it was like a baseball hat like a guy in a That's suit awesome. and a baseball hat a red baseball yeah. hat Look, it was a big... It, I saw the police, and I saw... you. I didn't get close to it, but you saw the outskirts of it. It was yeah, a big yeah. Jerusalem event. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, let me start with the, follow, with the first question. Did the media do its job properly in showing you that split screen in the newspaper and the television? Okay, so I want to make one comment before. Go ahead. Which is that in the Israeli media, the really main frame was the embassy opening. Yeah, and the second story was the Gaza. Right? right, it was like a very like for Israel that you know that's where the story was. That was a day's news, and Gaza was the second story. And that. do you think British or American news should have framed it the same way? 
I'm not sure there's a should have, but I think that's what happened. I, I agree with Alan that in Israel definitely felt like the embassy was number one, number two was Gaza. If you work for the BBC, should you tell the story that way? If you work for the BBC, you're going probably reflecting the local news or you would think to reflect local news narrative would be an advantageous thing and that's not what happened. So that's their job to reflect local Israeli news? No. Or is the job of the BBC to tell news that's relevant to British citizens so that they can vote? I think it's fair enough that they had those dual screens. I, I think it's fair enough. I think I don't it's fair think, enough, but I, I, think I, we, I think we expect journalists to be social studies teachers. They are not. Journalists' job is to show you what's happening today, and that's what they did. Yeah. That split-screen image is, I think, what the journalist is supposed to do. The fact that it makes Israel look terrible is exactly what Hamas wanted, and they succeeded. They absolutely succeeded with their very smart strategy. The media does what the media does. That's what, by the way, it's not just media, it's journalists. And I would say the proof is in the pudding. The fact that originally the whole idea was on the Nakba Day, the Palestinians' commemoration of the right, catastrophe, which was the creation of the This March of Return program, which was, was seven weeks, was supposed to climax on the 15th. But since the, the, the embassy yes, opening was the 14th, they had the climax be on the 14th so that the news could have that split exactly. So And it was, I would think it was a, a definite, you know, a, a definite win for Hamas in terms of the international media um, for doing that. Um, People find it so hard to believe that Hamas blew up its own pipeline by way, it's of not, Israeli by way, it's not only pipeline of it was it was it's the gas lines and it's also the oh, food um, medicine food and medicine the whole when they blew up the pipeline it blew up the yeah. it blocked the road it blocked the whole thing which was uh, the main you know entrance for supplies from Israel which is their main supplier of goods um, uh, just for I haven't seen evidence of this but I presume the message in Gaza was the Israelis did that. I assume. In instigating people to rush the Israeli border, I assume that's part of the strategy of saying, look what the Israelis are doing. I mean, overall, Hamas's stay in power strategy is the usual authoritarian stay in power. I'm the one keeping you protected from the big external enemy. So, So it's hard for Westerners to understand. I've had students say to me, come on, did Hamas really blow it up? Or is that just like an Israeli thing? Right. Uh, even though we have a video of 200 Palestinians oh, yeah. <laughs> going there, blowing it up. But she doesn't know that. Of course. I think that to the Western... We, we often talk about, and the and the the uh, congressional committee that investigated America's intelligence failure in 9-11 found a lot of problems. Lack of communication, interdepartmental cooperation. One of the failures they called, uh, failure of imagination. We could not imagine... You know, a bunch of guys going to pilot training, getting on a plane with box cutters, piloting those planes into American assets on purpose, blowing themselves in a plane of people. They just couldn't imagine, so they didn't anticipate it. Westerners are looking at hundreds of civilians rushing the Israeli border. Thousands. Thousands. Tens of thousands. I don't know how many are rushing the border. Right. And, that, and that, that's why the word protesters 
isn't totally out of bounds. I think it's the wrong word to use in the headline because Israel wasn't shooting at the protesters in the back. Who are, they're shooting the people rushing the border. Well, no. Well, so I think what's happening, from what I understood again, uh, truth is I've been very busy this last week and I haven't read as much as I'd like to, but from what I understand is that Hamas is purposely having civilians rush the fence yeah. to provide cover for Hamas terrorist operatives to then put bombs, bombs and, and shoot sniper fire and cut the fence to go into Israeli territory. I mean, in other words, they're using the civilian protesters as cover for their... They're offering um, financial you know, inducements to people to go to do that sort of action that Alex yeah. was describing. They're also threatening people. If you don't go and do it, we're going to treat your family as collaborators, and we know what Hamas do to collaborators. So. We also, we're also cutting off your food and supplies. Well, there's no. So, so, so you went, let's go back so to my, my point question. Is, that's very, that's very hard for Western people to understand. It's very hard for Western people to understand that Hamas is is pushing people, and the people are responding to it, to rush a border against the Israeli army. Right. Western people don't have a frame of reference for that kind of planning or behavior. Right. I think the frame of reference, and then I'm going to get back to your question, in some ways may be like, you know, the Indians against the British, right? Or the Zulu. Right, or the Zulu, when they were coming out, and they were peaceful, and that, and that kind of changed the paradigm. But here it's not just peaceful. It's By the way, the imagery to a Western person is... The colonialists facing right. a native right. uprising, which ultimately they will be swept away by the natives. Right. Or, by the way, other protests like blacks in the South in the civil rights movement. That's people. People look at it in a very, you know, uh, um, bi binary way. They're the good guys who are protesting and they're peaceful, and then they're the bad guys who are the guys with the guns who are supposed to keeping the peace. Look, I would and, argue and it's hard for most Western people to imagine in World War One being in a trench. Your commander says, get out of the trench and run into the machine gun fire, and people did it. Right. I think that's hard for most of us in the 21st century to imagine, right? Dan Carlin talked sure. about that in his World War I series. Yeah. I think it's hard for Western people to imagine, Hamas says rush the border, everybody rush the border. Right. And so they're, they're categorizing it as civilian protest, partially because they don't care or whatever, but partially it's just because that's what it looks like. And it makes it easier to report that. Yeah. So, so let's go back to your original question. So sh your question was, should the farm media have kept those side-by-side -side issues? So that's really not the beef you have. That is not the beef I have. Right? What's, what's our beef? My beef is that in the text, they didn't frame what rushing a border is. Implies. And why Hamas is doing it. Right. And why Israel can't allow it. I would, however, argue that even if the media... And, and I, I do not have an expectation of journalists to do that well. Explain contest. I, I just don't. If I'm reading an article about uh, Myanmar, I don't expect a newspaper article to explain it. I need to check more. Right. So if anyone's reading an article on Israel, we see they're not doing a good job. They're not doing a good job anywhere. But even if they had done... Even if you can find a news outlet that does its job well, the fact that Westerners see that image is going to leave an emotional impression that now whatever explanation you give is going to leave them with the feeling Israel must have been able to do something else. I, I just want to qualify something that you're saying because as a Westerner but also as an Israeli citizen I also felt that the, uh, that portrayal of those two images side by side 
That's how I was feeling about the situation. I was feeling that how can it be that we're having this big celebration and our leadership is sitting there in their fancy suits at this fancy thing and a few miles away our soldiers are being threatened in this crazy situation and the leadership are eating co- are drinking cocktails and eating canapes while this is going on. I felt very, very uncomfortable with that. Um, so it's not just a Western thing, but as you say, in terms of the, the quality, in terms of the reporting behind it and the offering context, that's a serious problem. So I said to my students yesterday, I said, "Listen, Israel is Israeli soldiers are shooting civilians. Yes, they are. We can't deny it. That's what's happening." But without providing the context, and then my students start saying, but they're doing it because of this, and they're doing it because of that, and this is what they're doing to defend themselves and protect the border, protect the civilians, uh, the citizens of Israel. Yes, you have to think about the context, and I, and I, I think that's your beef, and I agree with the beef. I think, I think, I don't have a beef. Exactly. What I'm saying is, Hamas has weaponized the media successfully. Yeah. I don't think there's anything you can do about that. They know how to get the images out there. I think when there was a rash of suicide bombings in the even in the nineties, let alone in the second intifada, people in the last didn't know how to they kept saying I kept seeing things in the media like what would drive them to do that? What is Israel doing that's so terrible? And then after nine eleven and after England and after France people stopped I don't hear that as much anymore about suicide bombing the tactic gets tried out in Israel people go well the Israelis are acting totally inappropriately until they see it in other western countries and then they go well I don't know what else you can do you have to root out these organizations and kill them before they attack you there is no country in the western world that faces an enemy committed to its destruction at its border that sends thousands of civilians rushing to pull the gates down to get into Israeli towns, which are just a few miles away from that border. I, there is no there is no operating procedure for the Israeli army for that scenario because it's never happened before. So, so I want to say a few things. I'm going to go back to these couple things that Matt said. Man, that noise is annoying. Yeah. One. <laughs> I'm going to try and concentrate. One is that um, I think that I felt as Israeli, Matt, that yes, I was kind of looking at both those things. I was watching the, the embassy opening ceremony, and I was looking at the news of what's happening in Gaza. But if it's a nice or not, I kind of felt there's just one more you know, long series of battles with you know, Hamas, Palestinians, Arabs in our in our history, and that the embassy was something monumental, and it was kind of like right. so I, I did what I do on Yom on Yom Azikaron, on Israel Memorial Day. I don't feel happy about Israel; I just feel sad. And then on Yom Atzmoud, Independence Day, I turn that off, and I just focus on the positive. That's what I did on Monday. Right. I don't. That doesn't mean I'm dismissing other things. It just means. And we're pretty high focus. So that, that's one For thing. For that day, that was my focus. I couldn't make that separation. Kalakavot, you both being able to do that. I couldn't. May not be Kalakavot. I'm not saying one's better than the other. Yeah, I'm not, I think it's just, I think it's also a bit of a, a tiresome thing. Like, here we go again. One. The second thing I want to say is maybe a bit more controversial. And I want to call into question if they are, if we considered those protesters, if we consider those protesters actually um, civilians, uh, if they are going to an area that is in conflict they know they know what Hamas is doing they know that they're going to be shooting they know that they're trying to break through the fence they know that they're I mean that they 
that the they become enemy combat combatants. The explicit purpose of the March of Return is to, to allow thousands of Gazan Arabs to, to break through break the fence into Israel, and they know and they know that many of those are going to be armed, <laughs> and they know that they have arms and they're planting bombs. So, I want to call into question this idea that they are well, instant it's a, civilians. It's asymmetrical warfare. They are, but they are definitionally civilians. Hamas doesn't have a uniform. Correct, but also, so also are terrorists who right. hold guns. So. I'm not sure why your your question there or statement is controversial. I would say it's a, it's a it's a fact that people that go into that sort of area, they're asking for trouble. I'm sorry, you can't get away from the fact. Now, if you say it's because they've been bribed to do so or because they've been blackmailed to do so, that's a different issue. But the fact is, if you well, I don't know. I mean, you still make your decision. Range, they, if you rush, if you rush at ten Downing Street's door with yeah. an axe, or the White House with an axe, you're going to get taken down. Correct. It doesn't really matter if you're a civilian. Correct. Protest. I happen to have an axe in my hand, but it's a peaceful protest. By the way, I'm also not hearing people explaining. What if Israel didn't care about civilians? What would the death toll look like? If Israel opened up with the full might of the Israeli army at the Gaza border, at tens of thousands of people crowded in a densely populated area, be thousands. Thousands. We could have gone Assad on them. Yeah, that's what Assad does. He drops barrel bombs. That breaks up the crowd. Yeah. So the fact that this, yeah, 50, 50 people killed is horrific. That's what happens when you're an army that tries to protect civilians. You end up with fifty dead out of the thousands. Right. And so that, so that, I think that that's an important point to 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 make very clear. Um, and my uh, third one was I forgot. <laughs> So maybe I'll pick it up. I had something that from what you were saying, but I don't remember. So no, I honestly think if I was a Western person who didn't care about Israel, I would see those images in the news. I would feel Israel must be a terrible place, and you could give me all the context you want. I would intellectually go, well, I guess it's more complicated than I thought, but Israel's a terrible place. How do I know? Because that's what I felt when I saw that video. So that's what Hamas wants, and I don't know what Israel... Well, so this is what that—that's what happens when you face an enemy like Hamas. Right. Will, to get their public relations win, they're happy to put at risk women and children and men, thousands and thousands of people. Their, their body count is to them helping their victory move forward. So that, so that maybe this is why uh, we bring up this sort of um, dichotomy or paradox. I don't know what's the right real word, but. So as we talk about this, we all often think about our image in the in the world and what people will look like and see that when Israel had a huge win this week at the beginning of the week, which nobody expected. Your vision. We didn't even talk about it last week on our podcast. We said, well, Jerusalem Day is coming up. I'm going to see May 15th, da 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 but the Eurovision win that Israel, for the fourth time, has won the Eurovision in the midst of all this controversy with a with an interesting song called Toy by Netta Barzilai. But, but tens of I mean, millions of people around the world, around Europe at least, and there's were watching as... The she representative has Israel. Like 13 million hits on YouTube for her video. Unbelievable. Well, how, do you, how do you process that? Well, here's what I process. At the end of the day, Israel's going to be just fine. Yes, Hamas is telling its people, and Fatah is telling its people in the West Bank and Gaza, our only strategy for success is the elimination of Israel. That isn't only an achievable goal, it's an inevitable goal. And so the Palestinians are being led down the path to self-destruction. Israel will withstand that. However, to be in the diaspora, in a university, and constantly be barraged with the negativity that's going to hit Israel because Hamas has weaponized the media is going to have a huge impact 
on young Jews' identity, yep. their pride of being Jews, and it will do severe damage to Jewish cohesiveness, pride, and identity around the world. I agree with that. I, w- I wanted to draw attention to an article I, I mentioned to, to my co-presenters previously. There was a journalist in the English uh, Jewish Chronicle who wrote an article saying how much he loves Israel and how much he recognizes Israel's right to defend itself and to protect its citizens. He said that he is very... He can't stay silent anymore. He thinks it's a terrible thing that Israel are doing by, by Gaza. But the question is, if you accept that Israel has a right to defend itself and to protect its citizens... What would you suggest they do? And that's exactly it. That you have to take the, assuming that Israel has a right to exist, and therefore needs to protect its borders. What were Israel's options? They tried tear gas, rubber bullets, water cannons, whatever they could, and the people kept coming in what to most people in the West think of as insane behavior. People running at the gates. What can Israel do? Allow the gates to fall and the thousands to pour into Israel? Or start engaging the live rounds? So I think, and I think there's two issues that go on here. One of them is that um, that the paradigm is still that Israel is really occupying Gaza, that we're controlling Gaza, we're occupying it. So there's this idea, oh, well, you're in charge there, so... Which we're not. Which we're not. We left Gaza. Right? We left Gaza over in 2006, I think it was, right? 2006? No, 2005. 2005, we left Gaza. And, of course, we have to... We do control some of the borders because we control as our borders. Egypt. Right, as Egypt controls two of the borders. We control, or we join control with the sea, with Egypt. But, uh, so this, the second... So the, that feeds in the second paradigm that, therefore, since you're controlling, you're in control, you can solve the problem. Right. But Israel can't solve the problem right. alone, right? The, I and, understand. And nobody, the, and nobody, and nobody is, is is really framing Hamas as who they really are. Which is I will say this: I understand the Western framing of Israel needs to fix this, even though Israel can't fix this. I understand that mistake. Is there an Israeli strategy for what to do about it? I don't really know. I mean, I don't think there is an Israeli I don't strategy, think there is. and I don't really think. I, I don't know if there is a possible one. I, 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 until you have a side that is not a radical fundamentalist Islamic, you know, terrorist state that wants to destroy you. What kind no, of but I, I do think you need a diplomatic, full court. So you, press. So you think we should be talking with Hamas? No. I think we should be talking to Saudi Arabia. We should be talking to... This is going to hurt our our warming of the relationship with Saudi Arabia. This is going to hurt that. And we need need Western powers. Yeah. There's no way in the Arab street in Saudi Arabia they're seeing these images and not inflamed, which means their leaders now have to cool down. Which, by the way, we should bring what happened in Turkey. Well, uh, Turkey, okay. Israel's in a big spat with Turkey now over yeah. uh, over this, with uh, embassies being uh, ambassadors, ambassadors being, being sent back. And sent back. How much influence does Saudi Arabia have over Hamas in a practical sense? I'm asking. I don't know. Well, Israel's claiming the money's coming from Iran, and that's who's really behind all right. this. I'd like to see some proof, quite honestly. I hope that Saudi Arabia is funding it. No, I don't. I'm not thinking anything. I just like I like I like to have more proof before I look. I don't think the Saudi Arabia is behind it. I think, it's very I think there are probably Saudi Arabia behind it especially Hamas 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 is getting trickled down from from Hezbollah but these are Sunni Arabs they're probably getting Sunni support I'm sure there are wealthy Arabs in the Gulf who are who are helping Hamas and that 
I, in other words, I don't think Israel's answer can be which seems to be Israel which seems to be what Israel does why? well if you don't have an, I mean like you need to be able to look at your people in the eye and say we're doing everything we can we have diplomats working in Europe in 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 the western hemisphere in 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 the Arab world we are trying to make breakthroughs to get people to lean on Hamas a full core press to get them to change their behavior. Who, who would you lean on to lean on Hamas? That's the question. Any comp- anyone that deals with Saudi Arabia and the and the Gulf states, the Gulf, the Sunni Arab world has to start putting pressure on terror organizations to shut it down. And they have to start educating their people. Look, it started up until a couple weeks ago. We were getting defense from Saudi Arabia and Bahrain. By the way, Bahrain. I mean, even Bahrain came out, you know, telling the Palestinians to chill out. By the way, the the the, the news is is that they did. They got pressure from uh, Qatar. The news I heard on the way over was that Qatar pressured the Hamas to tone it down now because you know maybe maybe we're doing this and it's just so yeah. tippy top secret that nobody knows. That's the work that needs to be done, I think, and right. I, I I think that. The other work that needs to be done is the, is making it not to be top secret. In other words, you need to let this out into the world somehow. I don't want to endanger. Uh, yeah, Israel now, likes to do things under the table yeah. in the sly well, and then brag have, about it in a history book. They often book. have to in our world. I, mean, I, I just don't. Now we're getting beyond maybe our scope of. Uh, I know I am, but I, I don't think Israel. Probably has to be done under the table. It's exactly the problem. Right. If you're worried about. Not, not being out in the open. There's a reason you're worried about not being out in the open. That's the, the By the way, I would argue that that was the problem with not declaring Jerusalem the capital. Let's not talk about that. We'll try to solve it. Until you get everything out in the open, then I don't believe we're really going to solve anything. Jerusalem's the capital. Now let's talk about how to make things better. I honestly don't, th- I honestly don't think Israel's doing enough to fight the public relations war against Hamas. I don't know that that's a war we can win because Hamas is willing... If you're willing to commit your own citizens to death, I don't know how to stop that. They're, they're, I think for the foreseeable future, they're not you shooting rockets anymore because that lost them popularity in Gaza. Yeah. Well, this what they have to weigh is the tactic going to make them more angry at Hamas or Israel? If it makes the Gazans more angry at Israel, that's a good tactic for Hamas, and I think that's what this may be. And so, so we'll have to see now. So where it goes? Now things calm down again, which it seems that's the way it's going. Yeah. It seems that that's what they they won their they won their day. In other words, they managed to yeah. divert the positive news from the embassy. To the conflict, violence, the peak of destruction, and now bring it down. Well, that's—I mean—it's—it's their—it's their their tactic succeeded in their strategy that ultimately is going to lead to their self-destruction. By the way, they know they're not going to get the news headlines if they don't get the deaths. Sure. I mean, that's—I mean, of course. There were protests all over the region, but people weren't killed at them. Right. Ta-da! There were protests in Jerusalem that didn't get the news coverage. Listen. Wow, it's getting loud. Those photographs were very striking. From yes. the, and so that's going to, that's gonna, if it bleeds, it bleeds is the new thing. Right. The, I think the damage is going to be to Jewish pride and identity throughout the world. I think Israel will walk away and still be strong. And I think Hamas is hurting Jewish identity. Wow.
which that's I'm a sure big, was not one that's of their a stated big, goals, but it's an amazing... Uh, no, it's no, almost the opposite of their goal. <laughs> they, they don't have a... They claim that if Jews know their place, they can practice their religion wherever they want to live, as long as they're dimming. But what they're actually doing is they're damaging, I think, diaspora Jewish identity, and Israelis feel more uh, misunderstood, under siege, and the need to self-protect and rally around the flag. That's what these things always do. Hi. So? I don't know. I'm not in control. <laughs> Let's hope for a, a more boring week, maybe. Yeah. yeah Inshallah. Shavuos is coming. Inshallah. So. Some, boring, uh, some boring future podcasts, some yes. boring topics. Some cheesecake, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, in a quieter place so I can concentrate better. Yeah, wow. This place turned out when we came, it was so quiet and it really noisy. Up. Also, Sorry about that, everybody. I do just want to point out there's only two tables other than us, which is occupied, but it's still <laughs> sounds like we're in Grand Central Station. It's, so I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, it's a lot of French Olim, so you have a lot of Mediterranean energy in here, I think, because uh, <laughs> it's a French place. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, fellas. Thank you, thank Mike. Bye bye. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Jerusalem U, the Israel Teachers Lounge podcast. Please feel free to subscribe through whichever service you use. Also, come join us on the Facebook page and ask us questions and keep up to date with what we're doing. We love feedback. Also, we would really appreciate it if you could take a few minutes and review and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. It would make a very big difference for us and you would earn our eternal gratitude. Thanks so much.